Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on our show, we have Sarah Coulter. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Thank you for joining us. We have a lot to talk about because you do a lot of really cool stuff that I'm excited to hear. Um, but before we get into all of that, do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and giving us a background on how you got into photography? Sure. Hi, I'm Sarah Coulter. I kind of have a, an interesting story, I guess. I started shooting in middle school. Um, my first camera was actually a digital camera. And back then it was like a two pixel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I forget. I even forget. It was a Pentax. It, um, but I really loved just shooting. Um, then I got into high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like a punk rocker. I thought I wanted to go to college to play guitar or own a record yes. store. And I was good at photography, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to make it my job. My mom was like, oh, you should go to school for photography. And I was like, oh, people don't go to school for that. Like, you <laughs> can or you can't. Like, I was just a big brat in high school. Um <laughs> But anyways, I ended up getting a full scholarship for photography from the college that I ended up graduating from. I said no to that and went to (laughs) a really expensive school in Chicago for my first year of college for um, music business and music theory. Realized um, I didn't want to be someone who does recording for a living because turns out audio is a lot of math. And I'm not good at that. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up transferring sorry if this is long-winded we can also totally i can give you a shorter one let it ride yeah (laughs) i ended up transferring to kent state which is the university that offered me a full ride my senior year of high school this time with no scholarship because i was just a transfer student i didn't go for photography either i started i took like an anthropology class my freshman year and I was like oh this is fascinating I want to be an anthropologist so (laughs) that was my major for a couple semesters and then I ended up switching to visual communication design which is basically graphic design got frustrated with that and kind of like resigned myself to photojournalism my mom was like just do photojournalism I'm like I don't know I don't know (laughs) and you know what like she was totally right all along it was like a way to be an anthropologist and be creative at the same time. Uh Um, So I majored in photojournalism and minored in art history and um, photo illustration, which is more studio stuff. But to be totally honest, I didn't know anything about studio lighting when I graduated college, really. Mm. And then I went on to do a bunch of unpaid internships right after I graduated. Fun. Maxed out my savings, uh, moved back to, I was in New York for a minute. I moved back to Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from, was working three jobs. And my partner at the time ended up getting into NYU. So I was going to go with him um, to New York, but I didn't have a job lined up. And I and I interned at ABC News right after I graduated, col- or right before I graduated college. It was my first internship. And a connection from 
ABC News ended up recommending me for this position at TV Land. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So this was when TV Land was doing original programming, too. So we were making shows back then. And I flew to New York a couple of times to do interviews. I ended up getting the job. It was just a permalance position as a photo coordinator. That's the start, I'd say. That's that's a good place to end for the start. So as a photo coordinator, your job is to like coordinate other photographers for different things, right? Yeah. So I'd hire like our unit photographers, which are the photographers that are there on the day to day shooting photos as they're filming a show. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have like nice stills to accompany or they're also doing. I know. That's that's why I was like, I know what a photo coordinator is. I email them all day, all the time. (laughs) It can. Yeah, it can definitely mean different things at different places. Mm -hmm. But I was a photo department of one. So I was kind of doing everything from like the intern level work to the higher level photo work um, mm. just retouching you know curating the images reading scripts so I could assign coverage like so I choose a good day yeah. that had nice visual stuff happening versus like a day where they're shooting on a green screen oh, I didn't think that that, that you'd have they have to read this yeah. yeah they have to read yeah. the script to know yeah. what day because I just like you're scheduled for this day and I just assume somebody's like hey this is a good day but like no you have to like read the <laughs> script there's some work it to varies. do there yeah, yeah yeah it would it varies on the title I'm still doing that I still do that stuff I'm still reading scripts and still assigning coverage um, based on you know the story we want to tell and what what images will be visually grabbing and yeah so that was my start, um, and it's definitely been a winding road. That's so interesting to hear that. I think that's a first for the podcast. We've mm-hmm. never had anybody in your position. That's pretty cool. It's it's been. I never saw. I never thought I'd be in this position. Honestly, yeah. I wanted to be a photojournalist or a, a teacher of some sort. I wanted to do something totally different, or I thought I did. Um, but I actually have my dream job, um, and I'm Amazing. I'm really happy. Yeah. So. How did that transition to you actually going to set and taking really awesome photos on, you know, a really awesome <laughs> process? For for those of who don't know, you do a lot of tin type stuff on sets. Can you talk about I have that done thing? that. Yeah. So I do a, all kinds of stuff. But when I was at TV Land, I would, you know, we go on these marketing shoots. We'd be working with these really amazing photographers. And I still get to do that. And I feel fortunate because it's really inspiring and it's yeah, educational to see so how much. other people yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would go on these shoots, but at such a lower level, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a photo director. Mm-hmm. I wasn't telling, you know, I wasn't directing talent or a photographer. I was just kind of there. And I started taking behind the scenes photos and I got really into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I elevated that to some Super 8 stuff um, and Polaroids. We had one period and I, I've always been a big Polaroid head like yeah. forever my whole Same. life. Um, yeah, talking to- <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know, we were doing this um, 70s show called American Woman. And I was like, OK. I have like these cameras and yes. I just feel like we're going to do some really cool stuff. And I started doing that and it just kind of kept elevating the behind the scenes photos from just like some out of the box behind the scenes photos to like something that's curated more towards the show. Mm. And then, you know, I, I did one shoot. We didn't have a budget to hire a photographer. I jokingly said... I could do it. And they're like, yeah. would you want to? I, and I was happy to do it. I just didn't think they would let me do it. And our uh, executive vice president of marketing was like, yeah, you can do it. Oh, and so I did. Cool. And it went wow. well. And then like, I, you know, it's it's grown. I'm I'm not I my title right now is photo director at Paramount Plus and Showtime. But I I don't shoot most of the time, just part mm-hmm. of the time. But mm-hmm. yeah. And then to touch on the wet plate stuff I've done on set. 
I've done a few. I just did one um, that I can't really talk about it, That's but okay. it'll be it'll be for <laughs> another yeah. period title uh, coming out later this year. So I'm really excited about those, and I can't wait to share them with you guys when when I can. Yeah. <laughs> but my first one was for Yellowstone um, when I was working at TV Land Paramount Network, and Yellowstone is on Paramount Network. We wanted to do um, wet plate for a while, and I I learned how to do it prior to even working on the show. I I was like I I could do it. I could do it if you guys want. Like I wanted to do it so yeah. bad. Yes. <laughs> there are a few other people we had in mind, but you know we had to on these shoots. We usually have like a a good entertain like a amazing entertainment photographer, if not two. Mm-hmm. And we kind of I think on that one maybe maxed out our budgets, and I ended up being able to do it. It was definitely a learning experience. I had never done like a commercial shoot with wet plate. So I envisioned it oh, all yeah. in my head. I didn't consult anyone who had done it before, which in hindsight, maybe I should have. But I was <laughs> like, this is how we're going to do it. I had a friend who I met at a wet plate workshop with John Coffer. He's up in upstate New York. He's kind of like the godfather of modern wet plate. And I'm, I've studied under him taking a few of his workshops he's really great but anyways i met this guy john there and i hit him up i was like john do you want to assist me on this shoot we're gonna do tin types for yellowstone <laughs> and he did and i kind of just called the shots i i i got nervous about shipping chemistry again yeah. i just never oh, I done bet. it i bet yeah and i didn't john drove in a u-haul from my office in new york city all the way to montana Whoa. with like all this chemistry we we like we bought a gopro and put it on the front of the u-haul before he left because we knew we might make a behind the scenes video yeah. we did and i can share the link to that yeah, with you guys. We yeah. to put that in the show notes yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool they did a really good job with the video um but anyways he did that we went out early instead of getting a hotel i did like you know corporate protocols we just stay at these hotels and whatever i'm like i can't i have to mix chemistry i have to have like, <laughs> yeah. an outdoor you got space work to do. Yeah. you know we're you know there's there's some heavy duty stuff involved in wet plate let's just leave it at that but anyway yeah. so we were like we, I got an Airbnb. We mixed all the chemistry out. We went out early because we have to let the collodion ripen. And mm-hmm. um, collodion, uh, for people who don't know, that's your film in wet plate. That's yeah. essentially, it's your liquid film that you right. put on the tin or the glass, depending on what you're shooting. So we did that. We had like a, there was, we were shooting outside. We didn't know where we'd be. I had this little generator that I'd have to fire up. I didn't think about lighting assistance, which I should have. Yeah. Um, I only thought about darkroom assistance. So it was me just like, Raising and lowering lights. <laughs> um, and I had people, the dark room, we we brought all this like black duvetine and turned it into, we turned the U-Haul into a dark room. Oh, smart. Um, yeah. But it was like far away. So I had, I had like a PA on like a golf cart coming with <laughs> film carriers for me and like running them back. It was chaotic, but it was awesome. It turned out better than I could have expected. And it was great. And then... The one that kind of really got a lot of exposure was 1883. Yeah. Um, and that was, I, so the Yellowstone thing happened a few years prior. Um, there was, you know, I was working at Paramount Plus at the time. Um, it was before we started production, but I heard there was going to be this Taylor Sheridan late 1800s period piece. Um, and I had just started at Paramount Plus. It was a totally different department than the one I'd been in before. 
And I remember the first time I met our head of creative, I was like, hey, I have an idea for 1883. It was before I'd read any (laughs) scripts. I'm like, look, we did this thing for Yellowstone and it was really cool. And this is actually it makes sense. And it like ties it into the family. And that's kind of 1883 is the first Yellowstone spinoff. There's 1923 now and probably more in the future. But um, (laughs) yeah, so he was like, that's cool. That's cool. We'll see. And we were on another shoot for another show later that summer. And I brought it up again and we just sat down and drinks and talked about how we could develop it into a motion idea. So we did this motion shoot where we were kind of like forging the amber types. Um, Amber types is like a tintype, but it's on glass. Yeah. So we had flame and we were like, we actually had like flash pans that they would use um, with magnesium, like all this crazy stuff. We were shooting at a thousand frames a second to kind of do these little motion vignettes that we used to market the show. Have you seen them, Timothy? I I just just saw them the other day and my mind was blown. I was like, what? <laughs> I've I haven't no I oh, haven't yeah, seen yeah. them I've seen the plates and stuff but I didn't I didn't realize there it's was, really cool to see involved. like the 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 photo and the visual come together like that yeah I need to check that out yeah I can send you guys some videos too yeah, after yeah, after sure. this I'll send you some links with the photos I send you but um, we did that and it kind of like exploded like at the time I thought I was doing it for so, like a social media add on. And then it ended up being the key art, like the campaign around Wild. the world. Yeah. And then it was the show open. I didn't know any of this. Wow. I was like sitting at home drinking a beer with my cat, like watching a movie <laughs> on a Thursday night. And our head of creative calls me. He's like, he's like, dude, your stuff might be the key art. I'm like, oh, what? <sighs> and then then it just became all this stuff. And it was really, really cool. And it felt like, you know, it's like a huge win for the wet plate community. Right. Um, it's time. it's Big small. Time. And, you yeah. know, just to do things authentically is very important to me um and it's really cool like you know a lot of the times like you know people put like a film border on a totally right. digital photo oh, I right. just to, I know. for the cell like for the nostalgia make it make it feel premium or whatever <laughs> but yeah it's important to me and it's really cool to have the support to do it authentically and it's it's kind of become a thing with our period pieces when i do do these shoots just to have that built-in trust um, it's been awesome. That's just got to feel so amazing. Getting the recognition for the idea that you had. And you're you're like, come on, this is going to work. This is going to work. Listen to me. Yeah. I'm telling you. And then, boom, there you go. It's 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 awesome. No, I just I feel I feel like it's it's just great to get to work with other wet plate artists because, you know, yeah. I work with different photo assistants for digital stuff all the time and they're great. They're not I'm not dissing them. They're amazing people. And I love and I learn from everyone I work with. But um you know, the wet plate community, they're not like standard entertainment industry, like commercial photo assistants. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're right. more into their craft and more into the chemistry. Not not more into their craft. I shouldn't say that. But they have a totally different thing going on. And right, it's, right. It's, it's just it's really rewarding to be able to bring everything together. So with that, do you still shoot wet plate outside of the work that you're doing for work? Or is it just specifically like a tool in your pocket for specific shoots and stuff like that? Or are you doing it for fun as well? Uh, no, I do it for fun as well, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Um, <laughs> right now, I don't. I had a studio and I don't have the space right now. And I have, um, I guess you can't see behind me, but I have two dogs and a cat in a one bedroom apartment. So I don't have any of my <laughs> chemistry yeah, set up probably here. Not a good but idea. I have, <laughs> yeah. no, I do some pop ups, and I'm actually I'm going to spend the summer in Cleveland, where I'm from, and I have access to a dark room and a studio with my former boss, who's a photographer, Barney Taxel. So. I'm lucky to have that. And I will definitely like during COVID, I got laid off and all I did was shoot 
amber type. I taught my I taught myself how to shoot on stained glass. I'd never done it before. Oh. It's not that much of a curve from regular glass, to be honest. You just have yeah. to get smooth glass and clean it right. That ended up being 1883. Those are all amber types. I can show you guys some. We wow. made them look like tin types to unify them because I shot on like 10 different colors of stained glass. Oh, But they're all on stained glass. Um, wow. They're not all, most of them are. I'd say 80%. Um, so... I was doing that and like I was taking like Edward Weston style photos of like peppers and berries. Mm. I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm like, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm doing with my (laughs) life. Yeah. Yeah. So I have that to look forward to. But yeah, I do love wet plate and I didn't learn it for my job. I learned it because I was I'm really into alternative processes Mm. and and it just happened to like find a way to work into its way into the Paramount universe. That's so cool when when something like that happens. You know, that's always been a I'm a huge Sally Mann fan. So like it's it's on my list of things I have to do. Like I already shoot four by five and stuff like that. But I really want to I want to mix the chemicals. I want to be on a government watch list because I'm buying all kinds of crazy (laughs) chemicals off (laughs) the Internet and stuff. And I want to go for it. I mean, it's just it's so inspiring hearing you say this stuff. And honestly, when it comes, it's a lot of money to like start up with wet plate to like mm-hmm. buy all the things like the tanks and you know whatever yeah, yeah. but i will say this it's cheaper than shooting four by five sheet film oh because um, you have to think it. about you're paying for development you're paying for the scan <laughs> you're either paying for the scan to be dusted or you're using your own time to do that yeah making and yeah same with the tin type you still have to scan it but it ends up being cheaper than film oh and it's just a million times cooler it just looks so good just i think the method in and of itself when you're working with a subject kind of will disarm them a little bit and make them more excited about what we're doing i shoot a lot of people who get photographed all the time you know it's like let's move from this seamless paper over to this one like you're doing the same thing constantly and it, it's hard to be excited about that when it's your day to day. But when you yes. bring something different that's so visceral and tactile to set and they get to see it like being yeah. fixed and coming up from a negative to a positive, then they get into it. You know, we get like five minutes with some of these people and it's like, oh, especially when you're doing yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, large yeah. format. It's not like, oh, I'm not shooting digital because I do that too. Like, it's not like pop, 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 pop. It's yeah. like pop give me a couple minutes right yeah raise my tripod and like punch in and dude okay so what so how is that do you feel like being able to go slow like that do you think everybody's more appreciative like do the actors like get more into posing or they are they kind of like because i feel like i was just on a shoot over the weekend and it's the same like just just how you said like okay next like bam 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 and then bye like next i wouldn't say that it they appreciate it being slow um because some people would do want to get in and out like sometimes i'm taking a minute to like reset or like the last shoot i was on um a few weeks ago i used a lens from uh 1863 adolmeyer so anything that was at the very top if when i be wide anything that was at the very top started to like fall out of focus and you know i was having some like yeah. I'm in there like under the dark yeah, cloud yeah, noodling yeah. around and the actor's just standing there like, hello. <laughs> uh, so sometimes that happens. But for the most part, I, I think it it helps build a connection and right. get a oh, better I performance. Bet. Like they're more willing to take direction or have their own ideas like, oh, can we try this? Or, you know, I only had, let's say I had 10 minutes with them and then they have to go on to the next mm-hmm. thing they're doing. They'll be like, can, can I go back to her? Can I? I yeah. <laughs> I, I shot. I did Oritones, which I shot four by five sheet film um, on a Graflex for the show 1923. 
um, and we actually made real oratones. But as I was shooting sheet film, like an actor is used to seeing their, you know, uh-huh. we have a digitext, you know, they're right. seeing yeah. their image yeah. on the monitor. They're walking over after they're making sure everything's cool. Obviously, we know when you're shooting film, you're not seeing that stuff. And I had no digital setup on this. It was just me and a Graflex and oh, this wild. field. <laughs> but I was explaining to them what we were doing. And I fired off. I brought like a few boxes of FP100C just to fire off some Polaroids. Oh, yeah. And I was so lucky. It was maybe the best the best boxes I've ever had. The oh. colors are insane. Like I, every time we'd peel one, I I felt. I, I mean, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back, but I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> just, the colors were amazing and the photos looked cool. So when they'd see those, like I had a couple actors just sit around. Like I'd have I'd have like a PA come up to me like, oh, can you take this person again? I'm like, well, we got to get through this person. But, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that, cool. That will not, I will tell you like almost definitively, no one will do that when you're shooting digital. Right. They're like, okay, we're done, right? Like, okay, yeah. so... <laughs> Yeah. That's what I was going to ask about with the wet plate stuff that you were doing. Did you have digital shooters for like a backup or was there still that getting done with that stuff? Like, do you normally have kind of like a safety net ish type thing when you're doing that or no? It. I wouldn't call it a safety net. There are mm-hmm. always digital shooters and they're doing their they're doing something different. I'd yeah, say like okay, most of the time, okay. like our big campaign concepts are totally digital. Mm-hmm. 1883 was an anomaly. But um, yeah, there's still digital shooters doing things like we have a few things to check off in every shoot that we do. We like to get like environmental portraiture. Mm. We like to get like a nice seamless gallery where you can silhouette the talent and put them in various things. We have key art concepts. And then I don't do I don't do wet plate that often. But when I do, like it's a totally it's 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 its own thing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just always curious about, you know, if there's like a plan B, if something something doesn't go right. Yeah. There, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely always some digital. I did um, a shoot two years ago for the show, The Offer, that was about the making of The Godfather. And oh, being yeah. that, that I was just shooting the digital stuff and being that it was a period piece, I was like, oh, man, it'd be cool to like make contact sheets, you know, like we're like, cause they're, they're all like it was about these studio executives. It wasn't right. about the actors. It wasn't about the narrative of the godfather it was about the people who got it made and it's honestly a really interesting story yeah so i was like let's do this so i i shot like i just squeezed it in for like three minutes <laughs> of the time i had with each person and fired off tried to fire off two rolls per person 35 millimeter and we made these contact sheets that ended up being part of the campaign which was really that's, cool that's really cool that's really cool because it's like something different especially like you said like the time that was the time you know yeah. Like, yeah and to not just like you said again you know just to not throw some film border over a digital yeah. photo to you know make it look like that because that is just that's just annoying. Like <laughs> we we worst. know the difference. Yeah. The the consumer True. might right. not, but I will tell you this: some consumers do. Like yeah. even you'd be surprised because sometimes I look at the comments on my photos, and I actually so I shot um on a, a Graflex FP100C on the 1923 red carpet. I saw like some people were like, "Oh, it's a filter," and I'm like, ah! <laughs> I, you know, you can't, you can't like engage, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, it actually isn't a filter, but like <laughs> there are a lot thing. out there. Yeah, there are a lot. Wow. <laughs> that is true. Cause I, you know, just even people that I work with, they, they always blow my mind, like just some random person too. It's like, oh, you're into photography. You know, I'll walk into work with my camera and they're like, oh, I didn't know you took the pictures. I used to shoot chromes and then they go through all their Nikons that they yeah, had. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like, I had no idea that you were shooting stuff. That's, that's crazy. Cool. 
Yeah. So do you find with um, your job, are you are you going to set often for stuff like this or is it just these like unique shows that need something different? I don't go to set that often. I'm not in the day to day. I'm not like the unit photographer right. who's there kind of almost embedded, sometimes actually embedded um, with the production. I go and we do marketing shoots. That's cool. And I have shot I've I've shot like back in the day, I've shot some unit photography on um Ink Master. <laughs> just oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not in the union, so I would be just be like a non union show when it was you know, I'm local to New York, so when it was here. But I love that too. I like mixing it up, but for yeah. the most part, it's like, you know, once a season per show that I'm working on. But I love that they have you as like a like, oh, we can get Sarah to do this really cool thing that she does, you know? I don't know if, if that's fun for you to be like the... It's so fun yeah, for yeah, me because okay. it, it breaks up my day-to-day -day job, right. which is mostly on the computer, which I'm I'm so grateful for. And I get to do a variety of cool things, but it's definitely where like my passion starts yeah. flowing and I get yeah. excited and it's... I put I put a lot into it. Like this yeah. shoot I just did, you know, I was, I was stressed out before and... Honestly, this 1923 shoot where we made Oratones, which um, for the listeners who might not know what that is. I was going to ask. Good. We yeah. did it traditionally. It's a contact printing method. So I shot all four by five film. And basically, you I used collodial chloride, which was a period specific method. Um, and I was assisted by Sam Dole, who's been with me on all of these. He's the one who actually, I have to give all the credit for him for like, figuring out the kinks because he had to kind of refine the process for us and spent a lot of late nights in the dark room, you know, figuring out, oh, we have to fume the plate and ammonia before we do this. Like <laughs> there are all these little kinks that we had to figure out. Basically, so in Oratone, you make a print on glass and my medium was um, collodial chloride. And then you back the back of the glass with gold. Oh, back whoa. in the day they use, I mean, there are different ways to do it. You could use gold leaf. You could use gold paint. You could use uh, gold pigment mixed in banana oil. That's what I was reading a lot about. So wild. Whoa. We used. We kind of used all three of them. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> there were like problems with each one. Um, and then at the very end, when we were kind of strapped for time, we actually ordered gold like aluminum. Like what we would use. What we'd shoot tin types on. We shoot on black uh, trophy aluminum. Mm -hmm. But we. I got some gold brush gold and we just printed on those directly to save wow, time and actually wow, end up looking wow, really wow, cool. Wow, wow, wow. Just hearing about alternative process, like it's been a while since I, I always go down that YouTube rabbit hole like a couple times a year, you know, I get the itch to watch something and because I love developing film at home and I used to, when I had my apartment and had the, the room for it, mm -hmm. I used to print in my bathroom and stuff and That's make awesome. you know, physical prints and yeah. there's just, there's something so gratifying from doing that process. You know, I, I just remember making contact sheets and I did a zine where I made because Ilford makes like four by six postcard paper uh -huh. where you can actually mail postcards. to yeah. people. And I made a little project with that. And I need to get get back on on that horse and start doing that stuff again. This is what I needed. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. So yeah, much. this is stuff that like feeds the soul and oh, like gets yeah. you excited 100%. for future projects because I can totally get burned out like retouching beautiful people to make them look more beautiful all day. Yeah. And I, yeah. Honestly, that's yeah. how I got into this. Oh, interesting. I was four years into working at TV Land and all I was doing was digital, working with digital photographers, shooting digitally myself. I wasn't shooting any galleries. I was still like in my behind the scenes phase. I was going through some life changes and mm. I just needed something to fill 
avoid. I was just feeling kind of frustrated with photography, honestly. Like Mm. I didn't hate photography, but like the simple mindset was like, I hate this. Like I was just, ugh. So I went, I did the one year postgrad program at the International Center for Photography. Whoa. And I just did all, all, so basically it's, it's, you have like a, a group you're with and you do crits all throughout like every semester and you're with a different advisor every semester, but you're also taking electives. It's almost like a college program. Yeah. 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 I, there's probably a way more eloquent way to say that, but uh, <laughs> so you take electives and I just, I did all alternative process, all yeah. film, wow, no wow, digital, wow. nothing. I just needed, you know, and I had like f- two or three classes a week and I would just be in the dark room or I, you know, I learned how mm. to do all these different things and, things that I don't even really practice just like fun tactile slow down and like make something versus make it in photoshop Uh um and it's way more satisfying I think anyone would agree with me big time so that's how I learned like that's the first wet plate class I took was at the international center for photography and I've I've studied under a lot of people I've taken intro classes from at least I'd say five or six different people, just everyone. It's interesting because there's so many different ways to right. do it. Um, and everyone yep. has their own little tips and tricks. And, you know, if I if I had more free time, I'd keep finding people to take oh, intro yeah. level classes. And I've taken higher level classes too, but that's where I learned wet plate. And it's kind of like I've learned more and more through the years. That's so good to do. And yes, it is, you know, photography in general. I mean, especially personal stuff is I always say it on the show. It's like my antidepressant. It's mm-hmm. my, you know, I I need I couldn't even imagine what my life would be if I didn't every Tuesday go for my walk at night and mm-hmm. shoot the same mailboxes. And, <laughs> you know, I just need that stuff to it. it kind of just scrubs the crap out of my brain and, and freshens me up a bit. Yeah, all my personal work I shoot on film or Same. via alternative process. I don't like get excitement about carrying around a digital camera. And yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it's mm. like, mm, I'm not going to do that. Like I go on vacation. I was like, where's your camera? And I'm like, oh, I have my AE1. Just yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. like take some photos, but I don't want to clunk around with a digital camera. I just don't feel the same satisfaction. Right. And like, it's like the anticipation factor too. Like you don't get to see it right away. And then oh. you might forget about it. And then you find this role of film that you need to develop and you're like, oh my God, there's that thing. And it's so yeah, cool. Yeah, and yeah, you get yeah. to play with it. It's oh. like a little, it's a gift. It's, it's a lot. It's really cool. It, it's a gift. It's, that's like the perfect way to describe it. And I'm the same way. It's like, oh yeah, and a digital camera. I call it like my work camera, you know, okay. like that's my work <laughs> camera. And I have my, all yep. my, my other babies that are like, where I bring for everything else, all my personal yeah. work, same thing all on film. So with with your personal work, I mean, do, is it something that you get to do and you're, you know, you you really enjoy? I always try to ask this question, especially to working photographers, because I know I'm a hobbyist. Chris is a photographer and I know her side of things of, you know, that's why she shoots film and that, right. you know, that like that kind of stuff. Do you still get to do stuff you want to do? Yeah, I do. But I will say lately it's been a bit less. Um, mm-hmm. Right now I'm doing a project just kind of um, I'm, my morning walks with my dog just shooting things in my neighborhood because I've been in the same apartment in bed now for 10 years and I'm I'm thinking about leaving New York. Mm. So I'm kind of just I'm thinking about making it into a zine. I'm not really sure. I'm just kind of yeah. collecting right now. Cool. Um, so I'm shooting my neighborhood, just things I see. Um, but I've had I've done tons of personal projects in the past. I, I hate to be the person who's like, I have a really demanding job, but I, you know, yeah. sometimes oh, I'm yeah. like, I have, yeah. I'm working like 
40, 50, 60 hours wow. a week sometimes. And I, I like staying in my little apartment after COVID. Yeah, I kind of right. became more of a hermit for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have. We all are like, oh, yeah. yeah, just want to hang out at home. <laughs> it's nice. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm stoked to hang out at home all night tonight. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got the crew here. got two cats and my dog. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do get to do personal projects. I'd say not as much as I used to. And, you know, I still, I have, I shot a wedding for my friend last year. Not that wasn't a personal project. That was a, a favor. But she paid me in Super 8 film. Yeah. She gave oh. me like, it's all in my fridge and some I've shot already. Um, She she gave me like 28 boxes of all these no different film way. stocks. And I'm like, oh. she's like, is this cool? Because at first I'm like, it's a gift <laughs> for me to you. Like it was a courthouse yeah. wedding. It wasn't like a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, she gave me that. So I still, I still, my my I have more film than um food in my fridge right now <laughs> i think me too yeah right you know, i was yeah. like relatable <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how often do you shoot super eight is that just like a side side hobby that's definitely a side side hobby mm. i've pitched it for a few shows um i did it for that american woman show that had mina suvari and alicia silverstone that came out like five years ago oh, and yeah. it wasn't cool. like a big thing it was just kind of a bonus I did it. We we did the shoot for the show called Younger, and Ellen Von Unworth oh, was love the photographer. That show. Yeah, yeah. And we did it at Coney Island in April, wow. and wow, wow, it was wow. just so so fucking cool. So yeah. sorry, so cool. I don't know if you're allowed to. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, just to see her work, because uh, she was yeah. always like a, a photographer I admired, and I shot some Super Eight then, and it looked awesome. Just because all the colors, and yeah. she shoots. I don't know if she always does, but in this particular shoot, she was using all continuous light, which as a behind the scenes person, I'm like, yes. yes. Yeah, Sometimes, yeah. you know, this, this set is so dark and it only works when they fire the strobe. So we got some like really beautiful stuff with that. And I, I've done it. I've done like, I like to give it as a gift to people. Like I've done it for a few friends' weddings. I'm like, I'm just going to shoot, yeah. bring my Super 8 camera and like shoot some stuff throughout the day and night and then make them a little video and I was trying to do the the like second a day thing this year on Me oh, too. That's such a cool yeah. I fell off like yeah. on the third. I'm <laughs> yeah, so bad. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't do anything today. Like <laughs> nothing's interesting. I feel uninspired. It's January. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, one of these days I would like to do that. That's another that's cool. It's another one. I and I have a bunch of spent cartridges from when I was living in Nashville like I shot a bunch of it I got really into it and then I never developed any you of them so develop I, it. I know I need to send them off it's just so expensive with it processing and so then expensive. like digitizing that's right. the that's the thing so yeah I don't shoot it too much because I'm not rich but yeah. <laughs> I know I know I know I only shoot it like special occasions I shot it I shot some for my my kiddos one year birthday because I was like I want to remember oh, yeah this that came sp- out really cute yeah Thank that you. was good yeah. what yeah I want to remember like this like these moments, you know, that's when I pull out the Super 8. But then I, you, you know, you're right. You're like, I'm going to have, <laughs> I I bought, I was like, okay, I'm going to get two cartridges, develop, process, get whatever, digitize. And he told me the price. I was like, you know what? It's, I think I could do I'm it in one. I'm going to get one cartridge. I'll get one cartridge. Yeah, it's crazy. I have, I actually have probably, I keep looking at my fridge, like I can see inside of it. Um, <laughs> but I have probably a, like eight to 12 spent cartridges in there that I just, I, I can't afford to. I don't even right. know what they are anymore. It'll it'll be like a present one of these days when I. Oh, I know. Maybe when I That's get my tax I return, too. I'll just send them. Right off. there, you go. There <laughs> yeah. you go. 
That's another thing that just, I wish it would become more affordable, you know. And sadly, it's not. I feel like people are really into it right now, too. So it's... Mm. People are really into it, but it's getting more expensive with of the cost. Like everything else. Everybody's really into film photography right now, but the prices just keep going up. And there's shortages all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, they kind of can do what they want, which is... I know. It's a bummer for people trying to keep it alive. Right. But it's a good thing. Like our former guest, yeah. uh, Ben... Uh, from in an instant. Hey, Ben, if you're listening. Hi, Ben. He he was just at the Polaroid, you know, manufacturing facility in the Netherlands. And it's just like, oh, that's awesome. just yeah. hearing they're, you know, they're amping up, they're bringing in new machines, bringing us new film and like, yeah. all kind of, it's, it's so, because I don't know what I would honestly do if Polaroid went away, you know, all, all film, but like Polaroid is just such a, we almost lost it. That's the crazy I thing. I know. I know. We came this close. And then we had to live through, and I was there for the whole thing, lived yeah. through so many generations of yeah. shitty impossible yeah. project film. And yeah. I was like yeah. a, a poor young person like Same. really didn't have any money to be buying yeah. Polaroid film it was like you know I skipped meals to buy that stuff right. and oh, I wasn't yeah. even shooting oh, yeah. that much so every photo I was like putting it on a tripod like really I wasn't like haha <laughs> just taking pictures yeah. of everything it was all very like meticulous because it was expensive yeah. yeah and I I look back at those photos and there's like nothing on the photo anymore too like the black and white or the silver yeah the black called, and white like, ones used to disappear like yeah it's just yeah. completely they're gone so now they're so faded yeah they fade I have boxes and boxes of them and most are digitized, but that's a project that maybe one day I'll have someone to help me with. Yeah, same or, here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have shoe boxes filled with Polaroids that I need to get scanned because some of that older film is just unpredictable, you know? It gets, right. it gets like this bubbling, too, I've noticed on yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had I probably had a hundred in my office back at my old apartment hanging on the walls. I had them all over the walls, and now I regret that because of the sun just beating the crap out yeah. of them too. I mean, it looked cool, but uh, they were yeah. really precious photos. <laughs> Worst peel apart film. That's all I'm. <laughs> I know it's so expensive. It kills me. Oh, I it's have, insane. I just, I just, my friend, I have a few friends who are like a network of like, this is what I'm looking for camera wise and film wise. Like, yeah, let me, we're all same. like nerds on like Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and eBay. <laughs> like, that's how we I just got my, I just got a uh, Graflex 4x5, like RB Super D. It's oh, the nice. cleanest one I've ever Ooh. seen. It was a crazy fine. My friend Sam, I was taking a nap after work. I kept feeling my phone vibrate and I'm like, I don't care. Like, so <laughs> um, but it kept happening. I'm like, oh no, it's like something wrong with my dad or something. And oh, yeah. I, I look at it and he, I didn't want to call him back because I was kind of half asleep. And he's just like, he sent me the eBay link. He's like, buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I submitted an offer, like $300 lower than they were asking. And I didn't, you know, it didn't, it wasn't instantaneous that they accepted. And um, Sam was like, you should have just paid what they're asking. It was yeah. fine. And then they ended up like five minutes later accepting my offer. And yes. yes. They sent me like 50. It came with a flash gun, too, that works. And like no way. 50 wow. flash bulbs they sent me. It was really cool. Damn. Wow. What a find. It was a it was a good find. But I went on a tangent. I uh <laughs> My another friend sent me a link for some guy in like Germany who was selling FP 100C like expired 2018 for sixty five dollars a box. And I'm like, I'm like, I just have to do it. And I shipped it to my mom's house because she lives in the suburbs of Cleveland and I live in a neighborhood where all my mail gets stolen. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Don't risk it. So um, she's like, why are you buying all this film? I saw the receipt. She's like, why would you? (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, trust me, it was it was a really good deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's a bummer though. I want I wish Pull, Peel Apart would come back. I know. Yeah. Do Do you remember? Did you you shot it before? Right when it was mm-hmm. like twelve dollars. Yeah. Yes. That's when mm-hmm. I was. That's when when I was shooting all the time, and I don't even. I know. Just, I just we got, we had no idea, you know. And then all of a sudden, to to think about Oof. how bam, now they're like astronomical, and you don't know what you're getting, you know. I know, and I only when it was in production, I was only shooting it on like Polaroid land cameras. Same. And, and, and yeah. now I'm a four by five, or I'm like a large format person. And I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yep. it's yeah. It's it's a bummer. Man. We talk about it all the time on on this show how that that film was like how they tested lighting uh-huh. and then they would just be like, yeah. oh, it looks good, boom, in the garbage. You know? Yeah, I actually have a book that was gifted to me from like the production of Blue Velvet, the movie, and it was oh, wow. all their like production Polaroids because you know they take wow. Polaroids for like continuity with hair and yeah, makeup and yeah, this stuff, yeah, and yeah. it was like it's really cool. I'll send you guys the link to that book too. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a test shot. And now it's like a fine art piece. Crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah. like people freak yeah. out when you do this on set. They're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I could take the same digital photo and you, no one would freak out. They'd just right. be like, OK. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you peel that apart and they see it, it's Matt. I mean, again, not and to sound so cliche. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That smell, sound. Like, comes. especially 669 film. Like, I have a bunch of that left. I went on a couple years ago. I went on a free of just buying a bunch of 669 because you could find it really cheap and it was one of those things where it's a crapshoot it might work it might not and that has such a pungent smell to it because one it's like Mm. really old like some of that stuff was like early 90s and it's still that stuff seemed to hold up really really well i've yet to have like a dead pack of it but the smell the smell it has a smell i that actually just reminded me i did a shoot where I did eight by ten Polaroid, and I bought Ooh. a bunch of Ooh. boxes of 1993 expired um, 809. Yeah, and I did not test it. I just got oh. it was in New Orleans. It was with Nick Nolte and Josh Hartnett um, for what? this show, Paradise Lost. <laughs> so hot down there. The first test shot we did, like two of the pods were dry. Nothing came oh, out, and no. I'm like, my. In my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I should have thought this through more. Like, I pitched this whole thing and we didn't even know if this film worked. And then miraculously, every other exposure was fine from all the boxes. What a heart attack. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the smell. Like, doing that on set. Also, like, the 8 by 10, like, wow factor Uh is... Oh, it's nuts. It's different than, like, having a little, like, three and a quarter by four and a quarter. Like, (laughs) look at this little thing. It's like, look at this thing. And it's a... It's already all there. Man. And the negatives with those uh, 1923 yeah. Polaroids I did, we saved the negatives and bleached them all. I was going to ask that earlier, but then I was like, that's too much info. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that you did that. I know. I wish I did it with the 8 by 10 shoot, but at the time I was just so overwhelmed because I was doing a digital thing and a film thing. Oh. And yeah. I was like, oh, get this trash out of here. We. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I kept them. Do you Now, another question. Do you get to keep any of that stuff? I know with networks and stuff, it's all like... Like, you don't own the photos. These are ours. But do you get to, like, I keep have, the negatives of that I have that some stuff? of them. Um, cool. And then sometimes we'll give them to talent as gifts. Like, cool. sometimes oh, they really want idea. them. Like, the tin types. They're like, where can I have this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll give some away and then, like, some the network holds on to. But I do have, I have some. I have, I have, I have most of my negatives, actually. Because they don't really have a use for that once it's scanned and cleaned right. up. And right, right, right. A lot of most actors have approvals over their photos and it's mm-hmm. you know 
once something's deemed unusable, it's deemed unusable. Now, do you have to get permission to share that stuff on your Instagram mm-hmm. or website Good or question. anything like that? Oh, work. So it's a little, it's a little different because I'm, I'm employed by Paramount full time. But yeah. a working photographer, yes, I t- like any photographer I work with. I like to send them an email with like a download link to the like finished files. Obviously, the approved, retouched. Oh, that's nice. Images they can post, and then they can work with those if if. They were going to go rogue and, you know, go just through their hard drive and be like, I like this shot. They couldn't put that up. They no. shouldn't. Um, no. Technically, they're not allowed. I know. No. <laughs> I know. I've seen it happen. And I've seen like sometimes people will use photos in their book when they're like showing it to photo editors. Yeah. That, as long as it's not in print, I think it's OK. But yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Technically, you would need permission because I'm I know what's approved and retouched. I can right. kind of just pull from there. I right. know what we're holding as an exclusive Mm-hmm. So, True. but a, yeah, a, yeah. a photographer for hire, yes, would need to get permission and ideally work with their photo editor, or photo producer to have them send over the finished art. Man, interesting. It's cool. We'll be right back with listener question for Sarah right after this message from our sponsor. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Just wanted to pop in here quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Developing Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We talk shop. We develop film. We laugh. We also try to get a previous guest for these. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to support the show. Thanks. All right, guys, this is a part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Just Josh Reardon. And they wanted to know, what steps do you recommend for someone looking to get into wet plate photography? I need my notepad right now. Yeah, I know. Seriously. (laughs) So I think I think that it can vary depending on where you are as a photographer. Like if you are a very established photographer who has an eight by 10 camera or four by five camera and is used used to it it's a little bit different but i'd say if you haven't Mm. the first thing if you're just you know shooting digitally or shooting on a 35 or medium format i would say the first thing you should do is familiarize yourself with a large format camera 
be that taking a, like a yeah. large format workshop or a class just because it's totally different than what you're used to. And totally. I love large format. Like most of my personal work is large format. And it, I like, I cringe even admitting this. I, <laughs> but like I had a, I had an instructor who only shot eight by 10 and she would go around and take these photos and, you know, talk about how heavy the camera was and all this. And I remember sitting there like, why would you do that? Like, where <laughs> you know, I was just like, mm, you know, I didn't really get it. Um, and now I totally do. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, a, it's a different ballpark, you know, loading the film and switching it and like how you have to do all that on site. It's 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 a different it's a different beast. So I'd say familiarize yourself with a large format camera if you haven't already. Next step would be if you're fortunate enough to live in a city that has them would be to take a wet plate workshop um, yeah. just because it it's very financially cumbersome to just start up. Um, and mm -hmm. I do know a handful of wet plate photographers who are self-taught who just bought this chemistry. You can buy wow. pre-mix chemistry. UV photographics um, is a great resource for not just wet plate, but all kinds of alternative process printing um, UV photographics want to plug them because Brian who runs UV Photographics has carried me through a lot of things yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, yeah you can buy pre-mixed chemistry that way you can also uh, mix raw chemistry but like I said I, I would highly recommend if you're able to take a workshop just because all that stuff is going to be provided to you plate oh, holders yeah. are different than standard film carriers they um, and they're crazy expensive um, I can they're like, imagine. for of one, course. it's like $200 for, and then it gets bigger. Like if you go mm. five by seven, I like to shoot yeah. five by seven primarily on large format, but if you're just to have a little bit of latitude, but if you're going up to eight by 10, those things cost like $500. Mm. And then you have to have tanks to hold the chemistry. Silver nitrate is what makes collodion light sensitive and you need a tank for that. And silver, like raw silver is crazy expensive. Yeah. So... I'd really recommend taking a workshop. It might be like, it might, the price tag might seem high, but it's so worth it. And it's a way to familiarize yourself with all the etiquette involved from pouring a plate. It's not just like you, there's an Dumping etiquette it. involved yeah. in all of it. Like yeah. you kind of yeah. have to know the moves and how to, how to develop, how to hold something to develop and you know, how to pour the developer, when to stop it. You kind of learn a lot and you learn a lot in a workshop um so i would definitely recommend that and if you can't take a workshop but you have your heart set on doing wet plate i would say um start with premixed chemistry from uv photographics hopefully you have like an extra two to three grand to spend on <laughs> tanks and chemistry like it's it's a lot it's it put me off like i i wanted to get into it on my own before i took a workshop and i'm like well I can't afford this, so I'm right, never yeah. going to get to do it. And then ICP offered that workshop, International Center for Photography. Amazing. I'm yeah, sure yeah. a bunch of people will think I'm talking about Insane Clown Posse, but <laughs> I would love Jiggalo. to take a wet yeah, plate workshop Jiggalo? with Insane Clown Juggalo, Posse. That would, Juggalo, be, Juggalo. that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, or if you have a local wet plate photographer there, the, it's a small community, but I'd say most big cities have one or two people practicing wet plate photography i would go like have your portrait made by them yeah um see how they do things ask questions you know it's a it's a nerdy process you have to care about it you can't just be like aloof to it so mm -hmm. 
chances are they'll want to tell you what they're doing. They'll want to explain it to you or they'll have, you know, infographics up. I, I know some people who do pop-ups and they turn, you know, they have really quick sessions, but they kind of try to explain it. Just if you can shadow them, great. Yeah. Like, it's as a, as someone who has done pop-ups, it's been a while. I would love to do it again in the future here and there, but um, being a one-man band on that is a lot. So I'd say like maybe offer to help help out your local oh, website photographer at a pop-up, like free labor, but you'll be learning at, at the oh. same time, you know, and it's, it's, it's valuable. It's a valuable resource to learn from someone else's mistakes too. That's a great answer. Cause we, I, I work at a music store and, you know, newcomers to guitar and, and trumpet and stuff like that. They just want to buy a trumpet and they figure they're going to take it home and they're going to figure it out in, you know, 30 minutes and be, you know, the next great. And it's like, well, no, what you're going to do when you're trying to do it by yourself is just learn a bunch of bad habits and then get frustrated because you can't do it properly. And then you're going to quit in like, you know, a little bit of time. So, I mean, that's such a good answer of saying. That would be me with the web plates. I would be like, no. Nope, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I there's, can't. <laughs> there's so many little things. Like if you contaminate anything and that's easy to contaminate, you should be changing your gloves between every step. Mm. But you might not know that as someone who's right. never done it. And you're like, right. why is it just muddy every exposure I make? Or, you know, there's so much to learn about it. That's why I like, I, that's why I love learning it from different people, even yeah. though I, I know yeah. what to do, but I'm I still like listening and hearing, you know, this is my little trick. And I've adopted some, some I've heard and I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> but I, I know <laughs> to myself. Yeah, definitely. It's not like, oh, I'm going to, I can relate to that as being like a 13 year old who got a guitar. I wasn't like, I'm going to go home and like shred <laughs> this thing. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. Like it was discouraging. And that's just a guitar. This is like, this is chemistry. This oh, is yeah. a very yeah. technical camera. Right. This is, there's a lot of etiquette and just motions to learn. So yeah. I'm a strong advocate of learning from someone, although I do know a handful of amazing individuals that have taught themselves and I have so much respect for them because I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, Whoa. it's not it's not impossible <laughs> it's not, to do that. No. But it's just, you know, I, I, at the beginning, just just get some get some help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the beginning, if you're in, if you're very passionate and bright and have some extra money, go for it. Yeah. If you can't take a workshop, but I'd strongly recommend taking a workshop penumbra foundation is a great resource in new york city um the international center for photography i don't think they've had any wet plate workshops in a while there's the eastman house in upstate Mm -hmm. new york there's john coffer in upstate new york um i know lisa elmale teaches sometimes in dallas um she's amazing there's also like your local wet plate person might be down you know even if they're not offering classes you could you could look at, you know, what a place that is. You go to Penumbra's website, see what they charge for a weekend workshop, and then go to your local wet plate person and be like, hey, could I pay you to like do a workshop that's, with yeah. me? They yeah, might be down. Idea. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I would. If yeah. That was, same. Totally. Yeah. Same. That's smart to be like, I'm I'm going to bring the workshop to you. Like, will you, I'll pay you to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like one-on-one too. It's a lot, it's more chill, you know, and it, it's not like I wouldn't, I mean, I can't say definitively, but most people who are only shooting wet plate, it's not like they're constantly booked nonstop. So they might be slow and they might be like, great, at least I can yeah. make mm-hmm. a little money this way. Right. And it's also rewarding to teach people. And then you make an ally in the wet plate world. Like I have many my first pop-up, I called, I had to hit up another wet plate photographer in the same area because my silver bath was contaminated. And I was like, oh, see, hey, do you have a silver bath I could borrow and like compensate <laughs> you for? And luckily it worked out. 
Wow. Wow. But yeah, it's kind of a community that looks after each other, I would say. I love that. Great answer. Great question. All right. So the hard questions. It's a (laughs) two-part question. It's the camera question. Part one of two is the desert island camera. Is there one that you have that you just can't live without? What's it going to be and why? I don't have it right. I No, I know the camera I would bring, but I actually don't own one right now because I broke my last one. I just never replaced it. But I'd say I'm a Mia 645. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple RBs. They're just so heavy and clunky. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. about being on a desert island and like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. I love <laughs> yeah. the Graflex uh, Super D. But same, it's huge and big and clunky, and I don't get enough resolution with the AE1. So I would go the Mamiya 645. I've never tried a Contact 645, but I feel like that would probably, I'm going to fall in love with that once I use it, and I'll probably change my answer to that. But (laughs) if I'm operating off cameras I've owned and used a lot, I'm a Mia 645 with the Power Winder. Man, that's a good answer. answer. That's a great camera. It is. I, I love Mamiya. They're just so good. All right. So part two, this might actually be the same camera. It's the white whale. Is there any camera out there that, you know, you're just lusting after that you you have to have or you had and, you know, you don't have anymore? It was. okay. so currently it's the Contact 645. Mm. I would love to have one. I just can't justify buying one right now. But primarily or before that, for years, I was on the hunt for this Graflex RB Super D four by five. Uh, there's a lot of three and a quarter by four and a quarters running around yeah, out there. You, I wanted the you four see by them all five. All over the place. Yeah. Um, and I wanted it to have a graph lock back, not the spring back. I wanted, I wanted like, I wanted what I wanted. I didn't want to buy something and then spend all this money having it modded and drilled into. I wanted what I wanted factory, you know. And (laughs) it was an exhausting search. I'd have I've right, right. I'd say for a few years, maybe five years, you know, I'd periodically look on eBay at alerts. I had friends in the large format community who'd send (laughs) me things. I bartered back and forth with people who had cameras that weren't 100% what I wanted, but I'm like, Mm. oh, I'll buy it for this price if they'll go down to it. Yeah. Yeah. And no one did. And that's Mm. fine. And then this one came along and I finally have it. But that was like my white whale. Like that was what I was wanting forever. And I just got it last month. Congrats. Thank you. There's nothing like it, you know. Yeah, there's nothing like it when you when you, <laughs> when you get, get your the dream yep. camera, man. Yeah, I love it. I'll send you guys a picture of that too. Yes, please. Yes. I man. I have someone who had the Contact Six Four Five and sold it, and I like regret it so much because it was so nice. That glass on that thing was like. What are they? What are they up to right now? I mean, they're like five thousand. I mean, it was five thousand when I sold bought it. No, it was it was like thirty five, thirty six hundred when I sold it, like in twenty thirteen. They don't, they're like actually have accrued in value, I'd say, because I was actually on eBay last night looking at them. (laughs) How much do they go for? With like kitted out with the lens and like the waist view um, and the prism, six. And then like you could buy a body for like 25 to 35. And then the lens is also 25 to 35. And then uh, I saw some guy on Craigslist had, um, just the view or the waist finder for like $400 last night. Oh, man. Jesus. And I'm like, I, all right, I'm guess I'm never going to like yeah. own this camera unless I get uh, a yeah. good bonus this year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. 
Well, both really good answers. I love it. I love it. Anything else, Chris? I mean, sure. I could talk to her forever. <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> um, but no, Sarah, this is great. And for somebody who works on set a lot myself, I was like, wait, what is happening here? This is so cool. <laughs> so... Thank you for joining us. Uh, where can everybody check you out? Instagram, website, plug yourself. Yes, my website is uh, sarahkcoulter.com and my Instagram is underscore Sarah Coulter. Sarah with an H at the end. Cool. Awesome. Timothy, where are you? Guys, Instagram, Twitter, at Timothy Makeups. There's also some old YouTube stuff that I did many moons ago. Easiest way to find that, just go to the search bar, type in Timothy Makeups, timothymakeups.com. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? Uh, so I'm Chris B. Photo, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. That's it. Sarah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Of this course. So fun. Thank you, guys. This was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blast. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. First off, Chris and I would love to thank Sarah for coming on the show. Man, your all process is just amazing. We love the work that you're putting out. We can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Just a great conversation. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show with us, Sarah. Thanks so much. Guys, it's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon-only development hang nights over there and a bunch of stuff in the archives. Like we always say, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. For the Patreons who already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. Thank you so much. All right, another episode down. Awesome, awesome. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're out shooting. Hope you're enjoying the nice weather that's been happening yeah so that's gonna be it we'll see you next week with an all-new episode take care guys later at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.